Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. And it's a busy show. Day one of the draft in the books. Oh, yeah. Day two of the draft, which is should be a big one for the Cardinals tonight with four picks coming up. And, of course, Suns-Nuggets game one tomorrow. We're going to get into that here shortly as well. Wolf, I, you know, I couldn't help but think last night. You know, all the trades and all that stuff, it ended up working out pretty well. It seemed like the Cardinals were pretty prepared for the first round of the draft. Imagine how much more prepared they would have been if they hadn't spent a couple hours flying out to see Kyler Murray's staff. <laughs> they probably would have drafted Aaron Donald in the first round. I was wondering where you were going with that right there. You were a little effusive in your praise. I'm sure they would have moved up to number one and added seven picks, too, if they had just not spent a couple hours going to see that. Looking, that. you know, their fifth round, sixth round, seventh round picks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like they didn't already do that. Okay, stop <laughs> They it. hadn't put Let's their list together yet. Stop it. Why get all fired up about it? Well, let it go. That's more fun to get fired up about it. We're going to talk to Max Starks here shortly. Um, looking at the uh, the move that the Cardinals made last night, you add offensive line help, and uh, Max is here, which is good because I don't want to try and break down Paris Johnson Jr.'s uh, blocking techniques. That's why we have Max. That's Max, right. what's going on? Oh, hey, how's it going, guys? How are we What's today? up, brother? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, doing good. Yes, yes. Um, I was I was on earlier with with your with your cohorts there, uh, Bickley and Murata. I see. Um, yeah, and getting ready for my now seven hours of draft coverage coming up <laughs> very soon. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, exactly. That that is my life. Um, so, but um, but talking about Paris Johnson, um, this was one of the things I identified him as one of the top like athletic offensive tackles in this draft. And he was a guy that when you think about his movement capabilities, his footwork, and also just kind of his drive, right? He's a guy that wants to finish a play, run downfield, second, third level defender. Um, These are all the bonuses, I think, and what what makes Paris Johnson kind of a really attractive pick. Cardinals, I think he's versatile, um, where I think you could move him on the right side and he could could use that help. Um, But, you know, eventually, you know, you make him your, your future left tackle at some point. Um, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, and you have that fifth year now attached to him. So you have a fifth year option. So you can kind of keep the rate in check as, as offensive tackle salaries tend to balloon, um, not to the quarterback level, but there's still high salaries that you still have to consider, especially when they're good. And, you know, my one knock, and I told Bickley and Mariah this earlier, but my one knock was about man, man blocking in the trenches, like head up type of five technique four technique type of man blocking schemes, right? Where he's just one-on-one, you have an assignment to that guy. Um, That's where he kind of struggles a little bit. Double teams coming down on double teams, he tends to get off a little bit quicker to try and get to that second level because he's an athlete. Um, So he gets a little nervous when linebackers shuffle their feet a little bit outside of the zone that he's trying to go to. Like, you know, because most most counter schemes and most double team schemes – the tackle would then bump down to the guard and work to the backside backer. But if you have fast flow backers and he sees a little bit of a pre-snap movement where they're getting to play side a little bit quicker, he tends to get a little antsy and jump off of that sooner than securing the down block, which is more important. Um, but, but those that are the is something I have. Yeah. yeah, that's something, Max, don't you think, that he actually can work on and get better at? Double teams, yes. yes. Man blocking, that's weight room. 
uh, yeah. this weight room and want to, and getting him to bend and be low against. Because I mean, because that's the other thing. We're not getting these monstrous defensive linemen now, right? <laughs> They're yeah. getting shorter and quicker. Kalijah Cansey's of the world, Aaron yeah. Donald's, right? They're getting smaller. So the compact nature of them and the power that they deliver, he has to be willing to work on that consistently and have that want to and drive, which I can't speak to because I didn't talk to him personally to get his true like demeanor. I've watched interviews and everything. And of course, watching the tape, I can only go off in the tape that I've seen, you know, and you know, yeah, I'm sorry, Mac. (laughs) So sorry, buddy. I keep interrupting you, but I'm jacked up about this. I wanted to say that coming out of college, you know, who he reminded me of you. Who's that? You. Yeah, he has better feet than me. <laughs> okay, he might have had better feet than you, but he, again, he would win Dancing with the Stars. Okay, he would definitely do that, maybe, but he did. He he reminded me of you an awful lot, a young you when you were out there, and um, I, I know that you would admit that you got better uh, in your NFL career, and I think he's probably going to do the exact same thing. But what I love about him too is when I say you, I'm talking body, soul, and spirit. The same type of guy as you. Do you see similarities? I do see similarities. I think I think he's a better athlete than me, <clears throat> and his athleticism is definitely one that's a plus over mine. Um, where I thought I kind of excelled was I had the knowledge and I had the versatility because I had to play four positions um, at Florida my senior year. So I thought I came in and had uh, had a more universal fit. I think he is truly out the gates bred left tackle right and i think he can play right tackle so that's what it's easier for a left tackle to convert to right than it is for right to convert to left if that makes sense to you yeah and so i i love a lot of those things and i think you know for him he's also a lot lighter than me which i appreciate um but you know but i i think there i i think i i take that as a great compliment um you know because i think if you have that willingness you have that mindset and you're willing to do it, which I had, and and I find you know there's 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 a couple of guys who do that. That that's that's what makes you invaluable, and then that makes you now what a ten year player in the NFL easily. Yeah. And I think he projects out to be that type of player. I think he has that that skill set and ability, but it's going to take those physical things is what he's going to have to really work on because I think the athletic things, like I said, the guy can reach a one technique on the backside cutoff. I mean that's that's absurd. I I I, I couldn't even do a three you know, consistently if the guy slanted. This guy can cut off a one technique so with, with no problem. And he can get out in space any of your toss game, any of your outside wide screen game, any of your tight end delay screens. Like, he's the guy for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. ready-made for those type of plays. Now, Jonathan Gannon, you're thinking about how do you use Rondell more, a little bit more. How do you get some gimmicky things for Marquise Brown when you're not sending him on a streak route? Like those are the areas where I think Paris Johnson will really excel at right out the gates and gives you that versatility in your play calling. Um, It was just I wouldn't necessarily put him on the open inside of a a weak side outside zone. You know what I'm saying? Like I I wouldn't necessarily do him there at that or a part play, right, where it's open side, weak side, double team, and you have two blockers coming on the outside to pin. I wouldn't do him there. 
but there's a lot of other things I would use him for. We're talking to Max Starks, and Max, uh, you know, there's, this is kind of the first real chance we get to get an impression of Monty Austin Fort, and, you know, we still haven't really, <laughs> we don't know what Jonathan Gannon is going to do, obviously. So that pick and the style of, of uh, offensive lineman that Paris Johnson Jr. is, does that tell you anything about the offense that the Cardinals might want to run going forward? I think it gives a little bit of detail, but I think it more so speaks to the GM style of Monty Austinfort, which is we're going to be we're going to be smart, strategic, and aggressive because it takes it takes some uh, some big Co Jones there to trade out of the three pick and mm. go back to twelve and then come back to six, <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know, <yep. laughs> to make two moves, you know, in the top ten um, is a big move. So I, I like the aggressive nature. I like he identified who, who he wanted. He knew that he wasn't going to go before the top five and said, we need to get back there at six before these other guys start getting hip to this. Because after that, you you know, you saw Skaronsky go at about, what, 11. You saw Darnell Wright go. And it was like, whoa, wait a second. Because the Steelers did the same thing. They were like, we're at 17. Roger Jones isn't going to be there. Boom, bumped down to 14. And they, they and the Cardinals were kind of the ones that set the offensive tackle um, race out, out in the draft. So I, I really appreciate that. And I liked it. And it was a very good move. Because I was like, why the hell are they trading back to 12? And they're okay with that. I was like. Okay, let's see. Well, they got a bunch of resources for it, so let's see what they do. They need to be back in the top 10 because of that roster, but they also need a lot of picks because they got to turn this roster over. So I was so I was really excited to see that that he didn't get content with just that one trade and then went back and found a partner that was willing to do that that didn't have a problem with going back. So it was it was fun to watch the chess match last night, especially in the top 10. Yeah, that was the thing that blew my mind, Max, because he had to be planning that. Right, he had. I, I, I think hope, he hope. I would say, <laughs> say you're, hoping for you're that. Right, because <laughs> all it takes is somebody to say no. I, I <laughs> know. Like, well, so much for that one. <laughs> and that's the reason why I thought he had to have done it simultaneously. He already had to have it in the bag. Listen, you know, you know if I if I offered you this for this, would you take it? You know, I, I to me, it had to be orchestrated from the very beginning simultaneously. There was about a 20-minute period last night where Monty Austinfort, you probably couldn't call Monty Austinfort. Probably. <laughs> he was probably pretty busy. Yes. Max, we yeah. appreciate your time and your insight, man. As always, thank you. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? All right. You guys take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks, right, Max. That's uh, Max Starks, the perfect guy to talk to today, honestly. Cardinals go out there and take a uh, an offensive lineman with a top 10 pick. Max Starks was the first guy I thought. I'm sure I'm sure he saw that pick and was like, everybody's going to call me in Phoenix tomorrow yeah. about this. His body structure, though, Paris Johnson Jr., reminds me of Max Starks. And his, his ability to play as well reminds me of Max Starks, who was a left tackle for the Steelers, of course, and played for the Cardinals well, as well. Max Starks uh, started for a long time and won two Super Bowls. So if Johnson right. wants to do that here, I, I would think I would uh, be happy with that.